Welcome to the Yukon RUF podcast. RUF at Yukon is a ministry that relies completely on the financial support of churches and individuals like you in order to serve the Yukon community. You can support RUF at Yukon by going to ruf.org slash Yukon. Amen. Thanks, Cheyenne. Guys, thanks so much for coming tonight. Uh, really appreciate you making the time. I know there's a lot going on with the first uh, day of cla- week of classes and everything. So really appreciate you being here. And uh, Taylor already said a lot about what RUF is about. And uh, what, what I want to reiterate is just that uh, RUF is a place where... Uh, you know, we're a community, so it's a place where uh, anyone can come, and that means that if you don't know the first thing about Jesus or Christianity or what this group is about, uh, it's a place for you to come explore and ask questions and uh, figure some of that out in community. And if it's if you uh, are a committed Christian, and uh, it's our hope that this would be a place where you could grow and serve and kind of join. RUF in uh, serving the campus and reaching and trying to bring more people into this group and serving this group and in various ways. So, uh, you know, another thing I'll say is, you know, I've been here a long time at UConn. I love this group and Taylor and Sophie uh, love this group and uh, we want to walk with you. So please uh, don't hesitate to reach out. Uh, If you have a question about something you hear in RUF, you want to talk about anything at all um we just really we do a lot of facetime meetups in-person meetups walks with masks on whatever it uh whatever you want to do we really want to do that with you so um the main thing that ruf is about uh that centers our community is the bible and we uh each semester kind of do a different series of passages in the bible we're doing something new this year where this semester where instead of kind of working our way through the uh, passage of the Bible, a section of the Bible chronologically, uh, sequentially, we're going to jump around to some different passages in the Bible and we're going to use the Apostles' Creed as kind of like our set of topics for the semester. Um, I'm going to put that in the chat right there. Uh, If you're unfamiliar with the Apostles' Creed, boom, Sophie was on it too. Um, And uh, the Apostles' Creed, if you're not familiar with it, is a statement of faith that just unites all churches uh, across the world. Uh, It's just the basics of the Christian faith. It's a concise summary that is ancient. You know, it's from the beginnings of the church. And it's called the Apostles' Creed because uh, it summarizes the teaching of the apostles. uh, In other words, of the Bible. And uh, so we're going to use that as kind of like our jumping off point to look at some different passages uh, so that uh, we might come to know more of what we believe as Christians or so that you might explore what it means to be a Christian. And when we talk about belief and faith, uh, something I say a lot when people ask me about faith and what it is, is I compare faith to looking uh, out of a windshield of a car. Um, you know, imagine looking out of a car's windshield, and when you're doing that, you don't really look at the windshield, uh, you look through it at everything else. And faith is like that. Uh, it's what you look through to see everything else. It's the lens through which you look at everything else. And so my hope 
is that we might be able to, you know, see the content of our faith more clearly and, and, and grow uh, in our faith uh, through this study. Um, and so that we might change the way we look at everything else as a result of interacting with the Bible in this way. So uh, the creed, the Apostles' Creed starts off, uh, I believe, I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. And so for tonight, I want us to look at Psalm 8 uh, to think about this idea of God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth. Uh, let me read it for us. It says, O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory above the heavens. Out of the mouth of babies and infants, uh, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. When I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars, which you have set in place, what is man that you are mindful of him and the son of man that you care for him? You have, yet you have made him a little lower than the heavenly beings and crowned him with glory and honor. You have given him dominion over the works of your hands. You have put all things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, and also the beasts of the field the birds of the heavens and the fish of the sea, whatever passes along the paths of the seas. O Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. Okay, um, glorious passage, glorious psalm. And uh, it really is going to help us answer this question of who is this God in whom we believe. And if you think about the psalm, if you look at the psalm, what you'll see is that first of all, he is an almighty creator. Uh, almighty is kind of like a holy word. Uh, we don't always know what it means, but almighty, what it actually means is that he can and will do all that he intends. Uh, he can and will do all that he intends. Uh, what does he intend? Uh, this God is a creator. Uh, so he can and will create. He can and will give life. Uh, if you look at the creation account in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, what you see is a God who makes all things by the word of his power. He speaks things into existence. Uh, I want to just think a little bit about the amazing stuff in creation. Uh, I looked up some amazing creation uh, universe facts. Uh, one of them is that our galaxy, the galaxy we live in, is over a hundred thousand light years wide. Uh, so uh, if you don't remember from physics class, a light year is six trillion miles. Uh, so that times, you know, 100,000 light years plus means that the, the number of miles wide that our galaxy is, is a number that has over 17 zeros in it. Um, and that's massive, right? That's our galaxy. But uh, think about the fact that there are also 125 billion other galaxies in the observable universe. Uh, you know, closer to home, think about like a planet like Jupiter. Jupiter is a massive planet and it just spins around our sun like we do. Yet it's over like it would take over a thousand Earths to fill the volume of Jupiter. I uh, think even closer to home of our oceans. Uh, did you know that less than 5% of our planet's oceans have even been explored? Uh, so we live in an amazing universe and the claim that the Bible makes is God made it all. Uh, God made it all. He governs it all. 
Uh, he is more beautiful than it all. Uh, you don't mess with this God. This is a big creator God, an amazing God. Yet, uh, what the psalm brings out is that this God, this amazing creator God, works through weakness. Uh, in verse 2, it says, Out of the mouths of babies and infants, you have established strength because of your foes to still the enemy and the avenger. Uh, it's this way of saying that this God likes to do amazing and powerful things through weakness. Uh, He likes to defeat evil even through weakness. Uh, This spring when the lockdown started uh, and we were watching TV all the time, I got into that uh, Michael Jordan documentary that was on ESPN called The Last Dance. If you're not familiar, uh, Michael Jordan is Many, most people say that he's the best basketball player ever. And there was this big, long documentary about him on really fascinating. And uh, one of the fun stories in it is there was this one game where Michael Jordan is at the free throw line. It's a game that's like actually close. Like there's still more time in it and it's close. And he shoots a free throw. And for the second free throw, like as a flex against the guy on the other team, he closes his eyes and he still makes the free throw, which is amazing. And uh, why would he do that? Like, it's a flex, right? It's like making a free throw in a big game under pressure is hard enough already, but making it with your eyes closed shows like you are really good. Uh, Working through weakness shows greatness, in other words, and God is like that. Uh, He uses unlikely ways like uh, the cross uh, to save people and unlikely people like us to work his purposes in the world because human power and strength do not intimidate him in the slightest Uh, because he's God. It actually helps us to see that we need him when we can see him work in this way, even through weakness uh, which is why, just as an aside, I'm not, I won't spend a lot of time on this, but this is why uh, storming the Capitol in the name of Jesus makes no sense. Uh, it, doing violence in the name of Jesus makes no sense. It is not how God works. Uh, the idea that God might be dependent like at all on who is president of the United States is totally off. Uh, this God is so far above uh, the need for help from us, uh, it is mind-boggling. So he is an almighty creator, uh, yet he works through weakness. Uh, But he's also a king that bestows honor. Um, I love, this is an amazing psalm for this section where, you know, it says like, you know, it's talking about how God is amazing. And then it says, but what is man that you are mindful of him? It goes on to say, you've made him a little lower than the heavenly beings, uh, the angels, uh, crowned with glory and honor, it talks about, given dominion, talks about putting all things under our feet. Uh, This almighty creator God, he lives to share his glory with his people. Uh, a couple weeks ago, I saw one of those viral videos that are great about, it was uh, at a wedding. And the bride uh, was a doctor who works with Down syndrome kids. And her groom, the husband, surprised her at their wedding by having, she had no idea this was happening, but like seven of her Down syndrome 
patient kids, little kids with Down syndrome, he got them to be the ring bearer at their wet ring bearers at their wedding. You know, so the pastor's up there get marrying them, and he says, "Okay, so we need some rings." And then in come this like parade of little kids with Down syndrome, which is just amazing to watch. You know, the the bride is so surprised. But what's really cool is that like these kids like take over their wedding. Like each little kid, like they have their own like personal moment with the bride and groom. It takes forever in the ceremony. Like these little Down syndrome kids that most people in the world don't care about at all uh, become like the centerpiece of this wedding. Like this bride and groom share their moment with these little kids. God is like them. God is like that. Uh, He's God. He's at the top. He is self-sufficiently glorious and almighty, but he's also the best father. Uh, You know, he shouldn't live for us. He shouldn't share with us, but Psalm, Psalm 8 tells us that that's exactly what he's about, sharing with us. Uh, giving us what he has. And it's really like, if you look at the creation account again in Genesis, it's what creation is all about. It's about God uh, creating a world to share with us uh, in his goodness. And yet I want to acknowledge tonight that we don't relate to him this way typically. Uh, Because of sin, we typically cower from God. Uh, another pandemic uh, hobby that the Dorado family got into. My fa- I have a wife, my wife Maggie, and my two little kids. Uh, we got into the bird feeding game this uh, spring, which I know sounds really cool to many of you. Uh, it is cool feeding birds, and uh, so we have this bird feeder now, and. Uh, you know, we got really into it. All these cardinals and blue jays and woodpeckers started showing up, birds we had never heard of, that we got to figure out what they were, which was, has been fun. And, uh, but throughout the spring and summer and fall, we kind of wondered, like, what's going to happen in the winter? Uh, like, do they migrate? We don't know. Like, what's going on? And uh, so a few weeks ago, we had that big snowstorm. We got like eight to 10 inches of snow. And what I realized is that, like, that makes the birds come to our feeder more than anything because like they have nowhere else to find food when there's that much snow on the ground. And so like all these birds are showing up and yet when I go out there with my big bag of bird seed to like refill the feeder, like, cause it's getting low, these birds scatter like their life is about to end, you know? And I want you to think about that. Like, when there's a foot of snow on the ground, I am literally their only hope of food. I have been only good to them. I've spent hundreds of dollars on bird seeds so far, and yet they scatter like their lives are going to end. And what I want you to see is that sin makes you relate to God the exact same way. Uh, sin starts, I don't know what you, your conception of what sin is, but it always starts with believing a lie about God. And it takes us down a path that's really hard to come back from. But it's all, it always starts with believing a lie. It's what Adam and Eve did, as we read in Genesis chapter 3. Uh, and because they believe a lie, because they do the one thing God asks them not to do, uh, it makes them hide from their creator. Uh, it makes them try to hide from a God who sees everything. 
we do the same thing. We hide. Uh, we try to find other ways to be great instead of believing what God says about us, uh, trusting that he says uh, that we're great. Uh, we let our own shame outweigh his kindness. Uh, similar to Adam and Eve, uh, we cover we cover ourselves. We live to avoid weakness or even being perceived as weak. Uh, if we fail or if we fall short, our first thought is no one can know. Uh, we think if we're successful and polished or, uh, m- you know, if, we, if we're successful enough, maybe the truth about me uh, might never get out. And when I was in college, one summer I was a camp counselor for little kids at a sleepaway camp. So these were pretty little ki- little kids uh, going away from home, sleeping away from home for like 10 days. And, um, and I can still remember my very first day on the job after training. Uh, we, I got a cabin full of campers and there was, I think they were eight years old, seven or eight. And uh, there was this one boy named Hal. And on the first day of camp, Hal pooped in his pants. And I had a suspicion that it had happened, but I, you know, I didn't confirm it. And then I kind of forgot about it. And it's kind of a long story. I could tell you more another time, but uh, the long and short of it is that Hal had that day, first day, uh, removed his underwear with the poop still in it and put it just under his bed for the whole time we were at camp. And, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to have much of an imagination to know why he did that, right? Like we all get what's going on in the mind of a seven or eight year old at camp with his friends when they do something. He doesn't know what to do and he doesn't want to get what? Found out. And so he does, he uses his own resources, which are very small to deal with the problem. But wouldn't it have been great if he had known that he had a counselor who had been trained on what to do if that happened, who would have been like more than happy to make that problem go away for him like that. Um, that's what we're, we're a lot like how when we relate to God in our sin, um, not to mention that we usually take that so far as to instead worship other gods. Uh, I don't want to rely on God to save me because I've sinned against him. Uh, so I'll rely on money to save me, or I'll rely on beauty or success or status, uh, which none of those things ultimately work. They all fade away, like we talk about a lot, and they make us more insecure. Uh, but I want to contrast that but by with what does Psalm 8 say that this God wants from us? Like, what does the creator God of the Bible, the Lord, want from you? The answer is that he wants you. More specifically, he wants to crown you with glory and honor. It says he wants to give you, he made you to give you dominion. Uh, What that means is that he wants you to rule the world with him for eternity. Uh, He wants you to represent him in this world, kind of like a vice president represents a president. Uh, He wants us to project his character into this creation. It's what the whole Bible is all about. Uh, This idea of God creating a world so that he can share it, so that we can rule it with him and make it the exact way he wants it to be. Uh, How does he go about crowning us with glory and honor? It happens, which we'll 
we'll look at this in the next few weeks, uh, when he's stripped of his glory and honor. When he comes as a man and he comes to die. And it's worth it to him. Do you know that you're worth it to him? Do you know that he wants you and me to rule the world with him forever in a world that's free from sadness and sin and evil and pain? Uh, Maybe your life has been hard in recent years, or maybe it's always been hard. I know that life is just hard for a lot of people right now. Um, When we look at who God is in the Bible, what we have to conclude is, you know, if life is hard, if you're sad, if things aren't good, uh, it cannot be because he doesn't care. And for God's people, the ones who come to know and love this almighty and this creator God, that sad and bad stuff will not be the end of your story. The end of your story will be honor and joy and endless bliss. And no matter how hard things may be today, uh, no matter how big of a failure you may be today, So what should our response be? Uh, One of the unique features of Psalm 8 is that it it has an envelope, or the fancy word for it is an inclusio, if you want to be fancy. Uh, It's that it starts and ends with the exact same sentence. So Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. And anytime you see that in literature, really, at all, or especially the Bible, what it means, what you're supposed to do is look in between the envelope. And... What it means is that, like, when there's an envelope, top and bottom, it means that uh, all this stuff in the middle is about that. The point of the psalm is, the way we're supposed to respond is, worship him. Delight in him. Uh, Speak and sing his praises. Uh, Spend time reflecting on his beauty and goodness. Uh, But also worship him with your life. Uh, Go be who he says you are. Go make the world more like it's supposed to be in whatever you do. Uh, You can do this in any circumstance. Uh, Maybe it means uh, be a good student and learn a lot about life in his world. Uh, Maybe it means treat people the way God would treat them uh, with patience and kindness, because that's what has always been what the world was made for. Uh, Maybe it means just make things around you more just, uh, because this God is about justice. But there's no one like our God. Uh, So give away your life to him and worship him. Uh, Let me pray for us, and then we'll go into some discussion groups. Uh, Let's pray. Uh, Father, you know... Uh, all of our hearts uh, better than we know our own hearts. And uh, we pray that uh, who you are uh, would seep into our hearts more. Uh, We pray that we'd be quicker to run to you instead of from you, uh, that we would come to know you more uh, through this text and throughout this semester as we study your word together. Uh, We pray that you'd bless our group, and I pray that you'd encourage these students as they're uh, working through college just in a difficult time. Uh, Be with us, we pray, in Christ's name. Amen. All right, thanks. I'm going to open.